0: I first met Georgie as a 16-year-old at school. She was the new, energetic, enthusiastic, and beautiful sixth form girl, but her beauty stretched much further than simply her looks. Georgie is someone who always seems to be just about to laugh, and with her huge smile, generosity, and seemingly constant good mood, I count myself extremely lucky to count her as a friend. Today, Georgie is a proud business owner of her reflexology company, Retreat For Your Feet, which she set up in 2012. Mm -hmm. Yes. The youngest of three siblings, Georgie lives in a wonderful flat in Barnes with her boyfriend Bill and two housemates. And it's from here that we're recording this, our first episode of Extraordinary Ordinary People. Hello Georgie, thank you for taking part.
1: That's alright.
0: Here we are, we're in a flat in Barnes where you've lived for five or six years.
1: Yeah, we've been here for about five years now.
0: Cool. And I've just been treated to a beautiful lunch with you and Bill, <laughs> the dream boyfriend, that I may or may not love more than you <gasps> love, I reckon.
1: Fair. I thought you
0: were going to say more than you love me. So. No, I love you equal <laughs> amount that I love you. But definitely I love him more than you love him. No. Okay, no, no, no. let's, let's, let's agree to disagree on that. First question. Uh, okay. uh, yes. So, obviously we're here to talk about your dad mm-hmm. and your experiences with your dad. Um, but before we get into that, let's set a little bit of background and talk about your upbringing, basically, your life before um, I met you. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. You're youngest of three siblings. Yep. Oldest sister Tash. Mm-hmm. Older brother uh, And you grew up in London,
1: right? Yep. Yeah, so I um, was born in Putney um, and have lived in my family home there for... Um, well, that's been there since our family started. Cool. <laughs> so mum's lived there for 27 years now. Um, and went to school in Wimbledon for my prep school and then uh, in Roehampton for... Secondary school and then uh, moved to boarding school. Was shipped off to Yorkshire mm-hmm. into the wilderness, <laughs> where I met some of my nearest and dearest friends. Um, yeah,
0: Ed and Tash now married. Uh, yeah, now. so
1: Ed's Ed's about to get married. Tash is married and uh, has a lovely little baby called Sky, who's yes. now five months old. And Ed's getting married in two weeks.
0: Yeah, which Mm. is devastating. Same day as one of our best friends' weddings.
1: Yes, which I'm missing.
0: Which is disgusting. Good. All All right. So, your dad, he passed away September 2011. Mm -hmm. At which point you were 21?
1: Yeah. Just 21? Exactly. Yeah. So, I um, turned 21 that same year
0: uh, in March and then he passed away in October. Yes. And was
1: going on in your life that time? You were at uni? Uh, No, I'd I'd, um, left uni by that stage. Um, Yeah, exactly. I went to UE for a bit and um, decided that I wasn't enjoying the course I was doing, so dropped out um, to then do a um, reflexology course in London. Um, So I'd kind of done that and I was in the very, very early stages of um, kind of setting up retreat for your feet. So Um, Bill and I had had the conversation of like, um, I'd, you know, met Bill, um, kind of in June
0: yeah
1: and, uh, we'd spoken, discussed the name of my business and everything Mm -hmm. for hours on end (laughs) and, um, and then decided on retreat for your feet. So yeah, I was kind of very early days of doing that. Yeah.
0: I always thought that you met Bill. Just after.
1: No, it was just before. So that was in, um, yeah, in June, and then that October, Dad passed away. So, so yeah, it was early days in our relationship.
0: Yeah. Um, So I was wondering what was what was that like for him?
1: For him, when when Dad passed away, when you're
0: new into relationship, yeah, exactly.
1: Well, um, he was amazing because he it was so early that it kind of you know we weren't um you know really official and everything like that so but he was just incredible he um you know would cook meals for us yeah. and then one day when we went off to see the church that um dad's memorial was going to be in we were coming back late and stuff and um he'd left uh all these burritos for us yeah. for dinner by my moped so he, yeah, like in that way. And, and also, just he was there to kind of make me laugh when I needed to be, you know, happy and just be there, really. Yeah. Which was great. I think it
0: worth saying at this stage, I don't want to talk about it too much, but your mm-hmm. dad wasn't sick. It wasn't something that was coming for a long time. So you yeah. got to prepare for it. It was just this. Tragic accident that happened one day. Exactly. Yeah, and
1: it was was such a shock. And I think that's what's um, kind of so difficult to deal with a shock like that because for so long you're in denial and thinking like, oh, he's just going to come back. You know, you think, oh, maybe someone's playing this great trick on us and he's just going to come through that door. Um, Mm. So yeah, dealing with a shock like that is quite difficult in terms of grief and things. Yeah.
0: Um, So I know some people seem to think that I don't know if it was easier with yourself. Mm. Is it easier or not to be able to go, okay, well, we knew it was coming for all this time, so at least we could prepare our last conversation with him?
1: Yeah.
0: Or is it... It's not easy. I know, exactly.
1: It? It's it's so different because um, you can do that, but then also still dealing with it is the same thing, you know? Yeah. So sometimes I wish that I had known because I'm like, oh, maybe I would have said this to him and had yeah. this conversation and, um, you know but then you can't you can't prepare for either i think yeah. whether it is a shock or or they are ill and you just suddenly lose them Can you remember
0: what that last your last conversation with him was
1: i can remember very clearly um kind of coming home from a night out quite soon before he died and um he was sitting in uh the kitchen and our house had kind of just been redone and he was very proud of you know the new house and everything, and he was just sitting in the kitchen with the Sonos on top volume, and listening to this weird kind of opera music. And I just went in, and he had a huge glass of wine in his hand, and he just looked so happy. And I think he was probably as drunk as I was, and he was just like, "Good evening," you know. And it was just so. That's like a really clear memory that I have of him. That was kind of, you know.
0: But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that my last time I saw him was same situation. Yeah, in your kitchen with a glass of wine, insulting our friend Hatful. <laughs> <mom>, <laughs> he was loved twenty first, or was I, he
1: probably? Was it I think it was probably it was my twenty first. Yeah, which
0: is also the night that he went to make a speech. This yeah, is so cool. he got up to make a speech, obviously about you. Yeah, to say what a wonderful daughter I have, and he started off by saying what a wonderful son he has, and, he, and then he said, and of course I have my wonderful daughter. And he talked about Tash. Yeah. And everyone was waiting for... <laughs> and then, of course, last but not least, the birthday girl. And he never really got there. No. And then your brother stepped in, I think. I think Ed,
1: Ed was like, right, enough is enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was an unbelievable <laughs> so good. Right. Now, yeah. I know that from speaking to other friends who have been through similar things, mm-hmm. that the immediate aftermath like either the day of or the weeks after wherever it is, mm-hmm. some people remember every single fine detail and some people have got no memory. Mm. I, I, I remember another guy I went on a holiday with him immediately after his dad passed away and he doesn't remember a single conversation on a minute that holiday. Mm. Which way was it for you? Can you remember a lot? Yeah, definitely.
1: Fuzzy? I think that especially the day of, I remember like everything of mm. that day, even to the point where... Bill had WhatsApped me um kind of just after I found out saying um oh I've just sat on my windowsill and smashed the window with my bum and I just was like <laughs> in any normal situation I would have found that so funny and I was just like oh well my dad's just died so <laughs> yeah. and uh you know and I just remember kind of um like sitting on the sofa and my mum and sister telling me because they'd found out that morning and my sister had been texting me all day being like, oh, like, when are you coming home? And I was like, well, I'll be home soon, you know, chill out. And Mm -hmm. then I got home. And as soon as I got back, I knew something was wrong. And also I hadn't seen his motorbike outside. And I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. Like, where's dad? Um, And then when they told me, you know, what had happened and, um, you know, he'd died in a skydiving accident and he's not coming home I just thought no this isn't like Mm. that's just not happened and I was in so much denial I was just like no it's not happened and you know um and I think that was the the weird thing with my grief is that it it didn't hit me for a good kind of six months until I'd come to terms with the fact that he actually wasn't coming back and you know this was real even though everything you know you have the memorial and Everything like that, I still was just like, Nope, he's gonna come back. It's yeah. <laughs> so weird.
0: So what, bizarre. What's changed after six months? Was there a moment you're like, I've oh, got this? Yeah,
1: I think, like, I think just grief hit me then. Um, mm. Before I had been sad and, you know, and I found it quite difficult. But after six months, I think that's when everything kind of dies down and you've had all the planning of the memorial and then all the um, family visiting and um, you know we had kind of a week of having dinner with different people because yeah. everyone was there and and in a way like it was nice. it was like it was Christmas or something because all of your family's there and you're having these lovely times and conversations and things. and then when that all dies down, you're just like, oh, you know, you suddenly feel very empty and yeah. real kind of you kind of start coming to terms with the fact that they're gone, I think. Yeah because
0: settled down. I remember I spoke to, to a lady out in Australia who lost her son and her husband in the same year. And mm. remember she said that the way she dealt with grief was to throw herself into all other people who were suffering from grief. So anyone that she overheard talking about, I lost my dad, I lost my son, whatever it was, she wanted to hear their story. And then yeah. she read every book and watched every film that she could about grief, basically, yeah. about parents losing children or, or the other way around. Yeah. And she just sort of immersed herself in it, and that was how she dealt with it. Yeah. Did you find that you, you did you have friends at the time you lost parents?
1: Yeah, yeah. I had um, kind of my good friend Lily. She uh, lost her dad when she was quite young, um, so kind of. But I, I guess, yeah. With some people, you'd you'd, um, and even kind of in work, some of my clients would say you know, they've lost a parent, all yeah. the things, and I'd be like, oh, well, so have I, you know, because it's something you can relate to someone with and kind of you can understand yeah. a bit what they've been through and what they're going through. Um,
0: Were they good at reaching out to you? Were they good at saying, I've been through the situation, I I've, I get it as much as you can get it?
1: Yeah, some people are are like that, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think lots of people are like that actually.
0: And have you found yourself doing that since? With, if is any of your friends lost parents since, that you're then like, "Cool, I'll give them a call and say."
1: Yeah, I think definitely when I hear that someone's um, lost a parent, I always send them a message. And because when when um, when we lost Dad, you get so many messages and texts and letters and things, and um, and that it's amazing because. You don't necessarily respond there and then, but then you still have that in your mind, you know, and you think, oh, like maybe a few months later, you're like, oh, I really should speak to them because, you know, they've sent me a message. And um, so, yeah, I always feel like I, I, I always definitely send someone a message and just say, you know, you're here and um, ready when, if, when and if they want to speak to you.
0: Yeah. I want to speak about that exact point a bit later, some of those messages. Before we get into it, I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with your dad. So from an outsider's point of view, well, I got to meet him a few times. He was obviously this passionate business owner. Mm -hmm. He's called Lee and Sandman Wine, so he's very knowledgeable of wine and did very well in that industry. But then much more importantly than that, my perception of him was that he was everyone's favourite dad. He was like everyone's... He was the fun one, you know? he was like the one, oh sweet, I'm sat next to Paddy at lunch, this is going to be mad.
1: Um, and he
0: has beautiful, mischievous sense of humour and he was always, like, he was always like looking to laugh or looking for a joke yeah. or looking to like play a prank on someone. You know? um, but yeah, what was your relationship him growing up,
1: we we were all so close with Dad, with Mum and Dad. You know, our family is, we're so lucky that we're all so close and really open with each other. And Dad definitely kind of um, nurtured or encouraged anything that any of us wanted to do, even if it wasn't kind of the most academic thing. Or, you know, he was always just so proud of, um, you know, things, achievements that we made and things that we wanted to do. Um, and never kind of pushy either, which I think is such a an important thing. Um, yeah, I just remember at school, he, um, I did art at school and one of my paintings, he just came in, it's actually down there, he came in and looked at it and he just was like, you could just see he was so proud and so impressed yeah. and just that is so lovely to feel that, you know, um, and also always wanting to prank people, always playing yeah. jokes and... Yeah.
0: I thought your mum sort of similar. But yeah, like, yeah, like
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah, very happy, happy times at home and things.
0: Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about his memorial, because that, yeah, for me, was the most unbelievable mm. day. There must have been, I don't know how many hundreds of people were there, but I remember there were people who couldn't get in, mm. who were still at the back, and there were these two moments during it, which I remember thinking, this is why, this is what a memorial should be, and why I think memorials are always a much happier event than a funeral. Yeah. Was that first it was Bo Reed who was his best mate. Was he your godfather or
1: Um Tess is my god godmother, right, yeah. His wife, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they were
0: best mates and in mm, school and all that yeah. Sort of yeah stuff. Really. And he did this incredible speech when everyone was crying. I think there's just been a song and everyone's crying in songs. Mm. And he gave a speech about how the two of them had got drunk up a mountain on a ski trip. <laughs> And they both realised they couldn't ski home or they were too drunk to move or something. So they both had to call up the wives who were <laughs> livid. And they came to pick them up in the car and they got in the back of the car like sort of naughty school children. And for a while there's this awkward silence of like nervous, like shit, we've pissed off our wives. And then one of them got the giggles, and then all four of them <laughs> erupted. I remember everyone in the church wetting themselves to this yeah. story. And it sort of like really lifted the whole room and was like, oh exactly. god, it did some funny times. <laughs> and that was the moment I thought, well, this is just incredible, incredible atmosphere to be in, in a church during all mm. service. And the second one was during the drinks reception. What so he asked to play a song, didn't he? He said, yeah. I want this song played. At exactly. My and
1: it was what Bat was it? Out of Hell by yeah. Meatloaf.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, how did it even come It like
1: was that? weird. We'd had um we and it was quite recently, you know, to that happening. We'd had um dinner together like all as a family and it was so random he was saying you know if I ever die or become kind of so ill that I'm going to die I want you to just throw me out of a plane and we're all just like so now we're all just like oh whatever you wished it for yourself (laughs) and then um he said you know at my funeral I want you to play meatloaf bat out of hell Mm because he just loved it he was a big adrenaline junkie and kind of that i think summed up the you know his personality yeah. i guess
0: yeah, i remember your, your brother got the mic and he was like mm. right dad wants this song played everyone dance <laughs> yeah. and he just put it on and he ran the length of the room like, <laughs> running past me and I remember everyone was like, yeah. yeah. I remember dancing with my mum with this thing. Like the it concert. was like there's, a big party, like wasn't it? Yeah, yeah like a
1: exactly. Yeah, there's incredible yeah.
0: food, there's incredible drinks, there hundreds mm. of people there, like all ages, we've yeah. known each other for so long, we've just met. Yeah. It was just a, a freak day. It was. It was. Bit, I, I remember also feeling, and I've felt this once before another memorial service with a friend's parent, where you are, Almost feeling guilty that you're having such a good time. Yeah, I was like, this is an unbelievable day.
1: Mm.
0: But Christ, I like, what a terrible day this is for Georgie and all the family.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, do you remember it? Do you remember that day? Yeah. Or do you remember feeling like, oh, it's weird. That I'm having fun. Yeah, exactly. And it was such
1: such a lovely day. It was so like everything was just done so beautifully, and it just and it was just so nice to see so many people there as well. It's almost overwhelming because you know he'd always be like oh no one would turn up to my funeral and (laughs) you're just like whatever (laughs) um so yeah it was a really really happy day and I do I definitely remember it um but I think you kind of still have that emptiness you know it's happy but you still are like whoa you know
0: yeah
1: Yeah. exactly
0: and then after that I think yeah for sure things like this and people will give you all sorts of tips of Oh, you should mm. throw yourself into this, throw yourself into that, and this is you know keep busy or whatever to deal with it. And so you were just set up your business mm. just before, and yeah. then Ed set up
1: made of, made of Day, pizza. Yeah,
0: how soon after was it? That? that
1: was probably maybe like a year after. Yeah. yeah, he went back to work for a bit. He was working for a, an ad uh, media company, and he went back for a bit and um then just decided you know i think very much influenced by dad being an entrepreneur and he was just like i'm not going to sit in an office i want to do this and we went to the theater one day and he said everyone loves loves dough balls don't they and we were like yeah and he's like yeah i'm gonna make dough balls (laughs) Really? <laughs> so, yeah, and that's how it kind of started. And that done
0: that's done unbelievably well. So
1: I well. Know, yeah, places and yeah Exactly. He's done brilliantly. Yeah.
0: Really And brilliant. then your sister had she set up or had then set up. No,
1: she was working events. for an events yeah. company. Um and then um and then same thing again, she decided to leave and set up her own company. So Do you think that was a
0: conscious thing? Do you think it was like Dad's passed away? He was this sort of businessman, let's do that. Or yeah. do not want to be employed? by someone want to do our own thing? I
1: think it was a bit of both. I think the kind of um dad's influence was definitely there in the background. Maybe not such a conscious decision based on that, but I think that would've have, would have definitely influenced it. Mm. You know, and kind of Ed says he used to have long chats with Dad about how he set up leon and Sanderman and things, so I think it was a big thing for Ed definitely being, you know, running his own his own business.
0: Did you guys talk to each other about it? We were like, should we tell our own things? Um, yeah, yeah, we it?
1: definitely all discussed it with each other and, you know, especially Ed in his early days, he'd always be talking about it and kind of getting our advice and, you know, opinions and stuff. And I think as well we we just kind of lost the fear um and the worry of like, oh, but what if we do it and it doesn't work out? Because I think when when someone so close to you passes away, you re- you just think, like, life is so important and it's so special and we really need to make the most of it because you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So sure. you just have to do what makes you happy and, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the other thing that people do when they go through something horrible, one, you have to throw yourself into work. I guess that's one people would do. The mm-hmm. other one is travel, get out of it and go, mm. do what you can. you on this trip with your
1: mum. Yeah, you exactly. Uh, I think that was about a year after. Yeah, yeah. so you went to Africa. Yeah, we went and did um, an overlanding trip in Africa. Yeah. Um, so did uh, Uganda, Rwanda, Tanzania, and then popped across to Zanzibar and then home from there. Yeah.
0: And how was
1: that? It was great, yeah. Mum and I um, had kind of been to Goa before together, um, uh, probably... A couple of years before that, and uh, and I'd always wanted to do Absolute Africa, but all of my friends were then in you know jobs and or at uni or you know doing things mm. that wouldn't mean that they'd be able to come. So, mum and I sat down one day and we were like, "Why don't we do it together?" and and we had the best time. Yeah. It was brilliant and such a you know nice thing to do together as well. Mm. Yeah,
0: so I think so. my mum has always said, which has always maybe. Sandra is she said that when a husband or a wife dies, the person mm-hmm. whose life is affected the most is the other husband or wife. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids, it's a horrific thing, but yeah. their life can go on and they yeah. will marry and have their own families and, mm-hmm. and deal with it better. But the wife your mum left behind is, is the one that struggles the, the most, I guess. Yeah. And then you went on a whole load of like that. How was how did the family dynamic change after that? Did it change? Was it like right? Let's look after mum. Or was it? Yeah, we come much closer, I imagine. Yeah, we all different?
1: we're all close anyway, but that definitely made us kind of way closer than we were already. Um, and mum always has this joke with us that she's like, "Oh yeah, the bongo drums are obviously." obviously playing cuz you know you called me today and asked me what I was doing on the weekend and Ed's called me and Tasha's called me as well and you know I know you're all thinking about me and talking about me and we're always like no we're not so <laughs> so we definitely um kind of you know, all look after mum and yeah. um but it's a, it comes naturally it's not like True. we're kind of thinking oh god you know mum even though I think initially it was it was very worrying because we just you just don't know how how difficult it is going to be for them and she's so strong and um has really picked herself back up again and thrown herself back into life which is so nice yeah. to see
0: and you were you guys when are you living at home
1: at the time or you not? yeah so ed was living here in the in the flat in barnes and tash was living here as well and then ed moved home i was living at home So yeah, Ed moved home and kind of um, left his job, not because of mum and stuff, but just because that was the right thing to do at that time, um, and was living at home. So yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think everyone must deal with breathing in different ways, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, What what was it that you found helped the most, either like at the time or since times progressed? Like, what's the one? If there is one thing, like yeah. This is the way that I've figured it out or my path to, to deal with it best.
1: Mm. I think um, for us, it's uh, initially things like practical things, like cooking meals for the family, and so that you don't have to think about that, because that is just kind of the last thing you can really think about when something like that's happened. Um, that's a really good kind of practical thing. And then just... Um, people just being there and talking whether it's about the person or about anything you know um and some people react differently so some some people probably wouldn't want to really talk about the person that they've lost that much but we're very much we like keep him alive and talking about memories and stories the whole time you know we're always talking about dad and um remembering stories so it's nice to just be able to talk to not have people feel like they might be uncomfortable bringing up a funny story or because that's so nice to still hear those things and
0: because I've always felt as a friend Mm -hmm. you come into it you see someone for the first time since it's happened Mm -hmm. and I I always think either they're going to want to talk about nothing but it Mm -hmm. or they're going to want to just treat me normally please don't do pity and like yeah. let's just talk about anything else at normal. Yeah, my guess is from a friend's point of view, should you just come in straight and be like, are you, "Which of those two days are you having?" You know, or yeah. is it just?
1: I think you. Ju- yeah, I think you just either read the situation or or ask them because because yeah. because yeah, they'll just be honest with you and and say what they would rather talk about, whether it's the person or or you know. It's just good to have friends there and
0: yeah.
1: being there for you.
0: Yeah, I imagine you can't. Does it? Ever, did, did it ever get annoying? or Can it never get annoying? No, when I, Someone's like, you know, so pitying and like. Yeah, oh, it I think I
1: think pitying is difficult because then you could just be like, oh, just leave okay. me alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's good to always ask and just be like, you know, how's it going? How are you? Yeah, just to get that question. Asked and then see where they go with it because either they'll be like, "Oh no, I'm actually rubbish and I just don't want to talk about it," or they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm fine and these progressions have been made and you know." Um, so yeah, I think it's good to just find out and see what they feel yeah. like talking about. Or
0: sure. mm. I mean, like the most the main point of this podcast for me was that I feel that almost everyone will lose a parent unless mm. you pass away young. You're gonna lose a parent, mm-hmm. but. Everyone will have a great friend or a great family member who lose their parents. Yeah. And I think when it happens young like it did with you, mm-hmm. your friends or your other family members don't know how to react because we haven't experienced grief, grief too much. Mm-hmm. So I think the go-to that I'm sure I have done is you text them and you say, I'm thinking about you and I'm praying for you. And I'm mm-hmm. so sorry it's gone through. You're going through this and I'll be here if you, if, if you ever need me. Mm-hmm. Which I feel is like sort of you must have received a million messages that day mm-hmm. like that. So I'm always thinking, oh, is this, you know, should I be doing more? Is it a case of turning up to the house with food, like you say, people bring food mm-hmm. a lot. You know, yeah. should I turn up with food? Should I just turn up and be like, come on, we're going out to have a fun day? Yeah. Like, what more could you do? Or is a text, just I'm here if you need me. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you send a text saying, I'm here if you need me.
1: Yeah. But everyone is else it easy is going to call?
0: Do You then go, actually, yeah, today I need you.
1: Yeah. Is that easy yeah, to definitely. Make? And I think as well, when you when you get those messages it is what everyone does but it's a nice it's so nice to get those messages and to know that people are think about you and and also to know that then if you do want to call them you can and but then it's other things like um my friend Lily who who lost her dad um young she kind of just came around one day because she lives locally and. She was like, Oh, you know, should we go for a run? And just doing normal things like that. Yeah. You're just like, Yeah, actually, I just really want to get out and go for a run because I'm like, just I've just been sitting in the house all day. And you know, because yeah. you do have, um, you do need to grieve. And, um, like I say, you're kind of surrounded by people at the beginning, and then that all dies down. And that's when you really start thinking about it and like coming to terms with it, which is what you need to do. Um, so, I think definitely if you're gonna go and see someone, um, don't turn up unannounced. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to prepare them and say, or just be like, "Do you want me to come over?" And then they might just be like, "Yeah, actually, I do." Yeah. So I think there's no set rule on what you can or can't do, and everything can help, um, but just you know, to for people to know that you're there important
0: and did your friends generally react well or you like
1: yeah definitely people generally
0: supportive yeah
1: yeah definitely and and it's the kind of um it is that that period where it, it settles down that's the tricky part where you need people to be there and some people might have just thought okay well she'll she'll be fine now because it's been so long yeah. but you're actually like no this is the time where where you need to be helping and yeah. So maybe that's a key thing we should yeah. do. Set
0: a time of six months. From exactly, a that.
1: reminder, and then be like, "Okay, how are you now?" You yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. that's important. That's initially, I think, there's so much shock and so much going on that you you don't really um, kind of deal with it. Yeah, so so it's that bit further down the line which is important. To...
0: And then what's it like seeing your friends for the first time after it's happened? What mm. I imagine that's can feel awkward or
1: can feel. Yeah, I think, I think with with some people, I don't, I don't know really. I think because that was probably the memorial is where I saw everyone, and obviously that was just so overwhelming because there were so many people there, and you're saying hello to everyone, and you know trying to talk to everyone, but you can't really properly. Um, so I think as long as there's not too much pity i guess like you say um in that first meeting and they're not just like oh god you know how are you and if just be normal with them and just you know be there for a chat
0: yeah do you find yourself uh open to speaking about all these things with friends or was it easier to speak to someone who has experienced the same thing or even to go see a therapist Mm. who didn't know your dad like did you find it is there one rule that generally it's easy to talk to everyone about it? Were there people that you found it easier to overnight? I think about?
1: it, it would that's I think it would be um, different for different people. So we all um, tried kind of talking to a therapist and actually for, for none of us, none of us it worked, but I think that is because we're such a close family and we all talk to each other and we that is kind of almost our therapy in some ways because um, all of us would have difficult times at different times yes, yes. so you know one of us might be really struggling and then we're all there and mm-hmm. um and I think f- the friend friends is so important like having them there for you and all your family and um you know family friends to um not so much kind of randomers because you can't really you feel like you can't really open up as much with them I guess yeah, yeah.
0: Um, So there's therapy and just speaking to friends and family Yeah Outside of therapy sessions
1: Exactly, Mm. yeah
0: Mm. Yeah. What I wanted to finish on Actually, no, just before I don't know if this is even a fair question Or if there is a black and white answer But I was wondering if Was there any one thing that anyone said Or did that stood out more than any other you know, like, this Is a golden nugget of advice That someone gave to me Or even one sentence you're like this that that really stuck in my mind
1: I guess that thing of um kind of everyone says it when when you lose someone is that um it's never kind of gonna get easier and you're never gonna forget that you've lost them but just moving on from it and um kind of it it does yeah it doesn't get easier you just kind of learn how to cope with it I guess mm. um And there's not a day that I don't think about Dad, um, or remember him, but um, now it's kind of, it's um, almost easier to have those memories and things, sorry. Um, But things like weddings, uh, you know, like my brother's wedding, my sister's wedding, Ed did the most incredible speech at my sister's wedding um, as the kind of father figure um so those are always very difficult occasions but yeah i think um knowing that it's it gets slightly easier but you'll never forget It'll be fine, yeah. yeah
0: is that you know people always say the first year mm. is the worst one once you're through the first one you've had the first dad's birthday or my mm. birthday or christmas or Easter, yeah. whatever it is it gets easier. Was that was that true? Do you find it to be true?
1: Was it? I think slightly, but I think it's always hard. Yeah. And there's always going to be things that will make me cry about dad, or you know, um, memories that some days I'll just just look at a photograph of him and just well up and yeah. like start crying. And sometimes that's really good because it's nice to release that. And yeah, I think the time thing it doesn't really change. Mm. So now it's been, I think it's six years this year, and it doesn't feel like that at all. Like it's still just as bad as three years or one year or
0: oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the first, Final two questions. And then this might have a slight overlap from your from last answer, but that's okay. Mm. Is, is what, the first one is what advice would you give someone who's just lost someone they loved? What would be the you know if your best mate lost their parent today? Yeah. What would what would you say
1: to them? I think you have to uh, just take each day as it comes and realize that every every day you're going to feel differently and grief might suddenly hit you like a big wave and just to to know that and um, you know you won't always be okay or you won't always be miserable and crying but um, each day is different. Um, and just to kind of surround yourself with people that you love and all your friends and um, just be mindful that, that it's always going to, that grief is a whirlwind and it can suddenly whip you up. Um, but you can deal with that.
0: Yeah. I and then mean, the other one was, what advice would you give to someone who's recently found out their friend has lost someone so from the other point of view you know if you if you just found out someone you knows best mate who you don't know Mm. has passed away what advice are you giving that friend
1: i think to to send that initial message know that for them to know you're there um do the six month reminder as well (laughs) uh practical things to food parcels um anything another really nice thing that happened for us was that um, loads of people kind of sent letters and things and I guess kind of mum opened them all up as as and when they came but she put them all into a box and then um, about a year later we all went um, on holiday to Isla, and one of the days we kind of sat all together and went through all these letters because we felt like you know years passed maybe we'll be able to properly go through them now and actually read them Um, And we did and it was just such a nice thing to like have all these letters and actually Ed then um, put them all together in a book and we've each got one of these books. Um, But yeah, letters, I think, are so nice because you can write a message and you've got it—you a Facebook message or WhatsApp or a text and you've got that there and then. But a letter is sometimes so much more meaningful and important, I think.
0: Do you read that book? Do you it yeah, yeah, it? yeah,
1: sometimes I look at it and it's got kind of, um, all, you know, it's got all the memorial speeches and stuff in it yeah. as well and it's just a lovely, and at the memorial we had everyone write down um, a, a memory yeah, yeah. Or, and we've got all of those in there as well, so it's just a lovely kind of thing to have. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, Georgie, thank um, you so much. That's okay. our first episode. <laughs> You're an incredible person. Oh. I'm very inspired by you thank and your, you. your mum and your brother and sister will be thank incredible. You. And yeah, thank you so much.
1: That's okay.